Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Uh, so, hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Uh, today, we're going to sort of continue our conversation about fun technology that we sort of uh, started on last week, but I think we're going to take it a little bit uh, on a curve here and talk about fun technology gone wrong <laughs> for a, uh, a pre-conversation that uh, uh, Rochelle and I were just having. Um, so when we talk about like fun technology, like I feel like almost all technology is fun. Like programming can be fun. Like TVs are fun. Like everything is a little bit fun. And uh, we were talking before about, uh, or before we started recording about uh, self-driving cars and GPS. And like, I loved GPS when it came out because I did not like having maps. Like maps are huge. You know, you can't like look at them while you're driving. Uh, you have to be almost have to feel like a cartographer or something. It's like, all right, which square am I in? All that. And when they started sending, like, when GPS stuff came, like, became like uh, affordable, I guess, I, I was all over that. I was like, oh, I love this. Just tell me where to go. And that's great. And like you said, uh, well, then you're sort of relying on the GPS and just sort of going blind. And there are times when, like, if we're on a long trip, especially if I'm by myself and I don't have someone like correcting me. I'm just following the GPS and I'll be driving for a couple hours in an unknown spot and be like, I hope that I put the right address in, right? Like, I hope I didn't put that Texas address in that I put in three years ago <laughs> or something like that. And all of a sudden I'm going to be in a different state and not know it. I haven't personally like experienced that yet, but it is not out of the realm of possibilities. Absolutely. I think there are a lot of fun stories out in the media. Most of them are pretty old, but you know, there are two parts to GPS systems. So if you have one in your car, you have the little antenna on your roof, um, it's getting signals from uh, wherever their cloud service is, or you may have a CD embedded in your car with, with the latest navigation. But as you can imagine, roads change. We're constantly building and changing things. So uh, my favorite one of these uh, fun technology stores with uh, navigation is uh, someone had put in their car that they wanted to go to Nashville. And I don't know whether they lived near Nashville. I don't know what the, the whole details was, but they wanted to go to Nashville. And they were actually talking about Nashville, Tennessee. And so if you can imagine, like we live in North Carolina, we might tell the uh, navigation, we want to go to Myrtle Beach. We might not say Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We might just So the person had just said, I want to go to Nashville. And uh, the car started driving down the road. So far, so good. It's heading in the right direction. But she stopped paying attention. She listened to her music, talking mm -hmm. to someone else in the car. She wasn't paying attention. Before long, she was on I-95. And if you know Nashville, Nashville is 40 and other roads. Not, not, it's not, really, not near 95. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you could get to 95 somewhere in Tennessee, but I don't know where. Yeah. But uh, she saw uh, I-95 North. Uh, and then it said, I can't remember. I think it said she had reached someplace like um, some part of up, up, upstate part of Virginia. Who am I? You know, and she assumed that the car, because you know how it always says it's going to find you the best route. She assumed oh, yeah. that it found her the best route to wherever she's going. But she, but she said, normally the trip takes about 30, 45 minutes. So here she was, and she's been driving for almost two hours and she still hadn't gotten there. And she thought, well, there'd been road renovations or, you know, any number yeah. of things. But, but the funny part of that is, is that, you know, 
in in with most technologies, you have to be very specific, right? So you have to say Nashville, Tennessee, not just Nashville, because how many Nashvilles are there in the United States? Yeah. Or Paris, you know, there's three or four. There's Paris in South Carolina. There's Paris somewhere else. There's Paris in France. Yeah. So Paris, have, Texas. <laughs> yeah, Paris, Texas. You have to be very specific, you know, with these things. And so what what comes of these are some great fun things, you know, when people aren't paying attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when you drive now, do like, do you use GPS like most of the time or do you still like remember how to get places? Because I'm finding like my directional brain is going away. Like I use the GPS even if I know where I'm going, a lot of times I'll use it like in case there's going to be traffic or something and have it take me around the traffic. And I just follow it blindly, like going from home to work. <laughs> you know, my my favorite uh, mentor at Duke Law was a man named Dick Danner. He has since died. Uh, he used to tease me and say that my racket was directions because I have been my entire life geographically cha- geographically challenged, mm-hmm. you know, so north, south, east, west, one of those, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> which one of them is one of them. So I remember uh, I had to walk. So you, you, as you know, most people know if, if you work or, or, or on the Duke campus, you know, uh, buses and, and other transportation are available, but for the most part, most of us walk to destinations. So I remember I had to go to someplace that was on the other side of the baseball field. And so I walked toward uh, public policy because I knew most of the sports stuff was behind public policy. I think about 20, 30 minutes later, I ended up at the transportation place and I still hadn't found the baseball field. <laughs> So he's teasing me about, I think he always, always teasing me about how I couldn't find my way out of a paper bag, because that's really true. Directions are really hard for me. I count on my husband for that. But mostly if I'm driving around uh, local places where I know I never use GPS, if I go to Raleigh, which is rare, I go to Raleigh. But if I go to Raleigh, like to the flea market or the fairgrounds or the farmer's market, you know, um, I will put it in because I'm not sure how to get there and, you know, whether there's traffic or whatever. So, but for the most part, I use my brain for where I'm going. It's just when I'm going far. Well, the, uh, the Duke stuff is specifically confusing. I know when I first started at Duke, I was like, all right, I have to go to North building and North building is on East campus and North building has nothing to do with the direction North. Like it's named after someone whose last name is North. And it's just like, Oh, like, I have no idea how I'm going to remember that. It's, it's like the West campus. It's right down the street from the law school. Yeah, there you go. It's on West campus. See, yeah, um, West campus. I don't even know which campus is which <laughs> East and West. We all have that same problem. Absolutely. I'm like, I know I can see the building in my head, like where it is on the street. I don't know that I could get there without GPS, but I can like visualize it on, uh, on Google earth or something. And I know where that is. And then I'll just let the GPS like, guide me over there <laughs> can you imagine that if you take so we were talking about being in a car but imagine being in walking or on a bicycle and getting lost right oh yeah that i mean you know i think the the advent of technologies especially these convenient technologies is wonderful but they offer a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong yeah you know, yeah. they really do you know so you could end up anywhere you know and, and 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 to be a little bit more serious about it you could also end up in places where you could could be hurtful or or, or unsafe you mm-hmm. know so you know you really need to pay attention to that but i, I really like the navigation one um i i tell you another one of my favorite ones is the internet of things and a lot of people this is still fairly new to most people most people don't know what we're talking about when we see the internet of things 
But yeah. typically, if you have an Alexa device or something you can talk to and tell it to do something or ask it to do something, that's mm-hmm. a really, it's a, it's a great convenience technology. It's great, right? So oh, yeah. Alexis, call so-and-so and do something, so, or tell Amazon to ship us some paper towels or whatever it is. It's great. But it also has lots of, 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 of susceptibilities to humor, right? Oh, yeah. So, your children wandering around the house and they've heard you tell Alexis to do such and such. And all of a sudden they tell Alexis to do Alexis, uh, turn the heat on or turn the oven on or whatever it is. And you have these little catastrophes in your house when you come home. I didn't remember doing that. Well, your kid did, or you, you weren't as articulate as you could possibly be. And it misunderstood what you said. So you told uh, Alexis to order you uh, a, a, a loaf of bread and, you, and the way you said it said you need, you need some leaves and it sent you a, a bunch of leaves you know all oh, that yeah. funny things like that so yeah we we use the uh, like uh, i'm not gonna say the name out loud because i don't want it to start uh playing Water music <laughs> yes yes but we use it to like play music around the house and a lot of times i'll use it while i'm working and this morning we had like a uh uh we were having issues with our internet so uh we were rebooting the router and then like all my music stopped. I was like, what the hell? Like, why my music? I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's all connected to the internet. Like that will not play without it. Um, I, a lot of times I talk too loud and we've got like one in my room and then my wife has an office across the room and sometimes hers will accidentally pick it up and start playing music. And it's like, no, 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 don't play the music over there. Play the music over here. <laughs> like it's, it's gotta be, it's all so, it, it's pretty cool. Like I do like it. It is nice, but it's, speaking to robots is weird like I, I don't know about you but a lot of times I feel like maybe they don't get my voice quite right or like maybe right. it's like too southern of a voice or something and it's like no please play this not exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, my favorite is, is me on my phone telling Siri to do something and I guess mm-hmm. Siri is not used to country people because I'm <laughs> have a country accent <laughs> and I'll say um again I'm like, okay, uh, is this Dan Cantrell? Has he wired my series to say again to me? Or, uh, uh, or I didn't quite catch that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to be really articulate, make sure I enunciate all of my vowels and 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 not and and uh, whatever the other things are right now. But make sure yeah. you're clear in how you say it because it's really funny yeah. to hear uh, it tell me to say it again or or, or repeat that or something. Like, okay. How do you feel about when these like uh, Internet of Things devices are trying to like imitate human like uh, dialect? I don't know if it's dialect as much as like uh, like when we say like when we're going to bed, we'll have uh, our device do some things. And then it says like, have a good night. And it's like, oh, thank you. And then like part of me is like, oh, that's too creepy. I don't want to be like thanking a non-sentient device or, you know, those sort of weird things like do you think that that's going in the right direction or the wrong direction well you know i think that so if you take if we say um hello siri siri okay siri well my phone it's already messing up it's got to hey siri here you are where is Drew Stennett? I'm not sure I understand. See? <laughs> yeah. Where is Drew Stennett? <laughs> it said Drew Stennett is not on your find my friends list. 
<laughs> that's because I don't have an iPhone. But one day. <laughs> that's funny. That that's really funny. Okay. Um, what is the best food to eat in Durham? Siri is is still thinking about Houston. What is the best <laughs> food to eat in Durham? It gave me a list of foods. You can't see it, but Ooh, it gave nice. me a list of foods. But but it's really interesting to to have that experience, you know. And I can see people how how people get caught up trying to do that all the time because you know I have a like, hey Siri, uh-huh. who is the president? Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Who is the president of France? Who is the president of France? It decided not to talk about him. It showed me a picture of him. But, but that's that's the fun part of uh of navigating with robots and things like that. One, it doesn't understand you. Two, it can't find the information. Uh, but it is a fun thing to do. If you're bored and home alone, it's just wonderful to have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I ask Siri all the time, am I the smartest woman in the world? And it's just, who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll always say yes on that. No, it does not believe me. It doesn't. It, it says who? Or it'll say, um, the smartest woman on world on record, according to such and such and such, is such person in someplace. I'm like, well, okay, then I guess I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> just to have fun you know just to find somewhere to have fun you know to entertain yourselves you know how oh, yeah. old am i you know what's my favorite color yeah so i think it's fun to talk to robots because interesting how confused you can get them oh yeah yeah and it's weird sort of like how inconsistent they are too like you asked it like you know four different questions and not only did you get like four different answers but like it presented the answers back in different ways like sometimes it's going to say something sometimes it's going to give you a list sometimes it'll be like a link it's also sort of like weird um one thing i can't tell if this is gaining in popularity or losing popularity but it's the prevalence of chatbots so like robots that chat with you for uh support and things like that (laughs) which uh i sort of like that because i don't know it feels a little more interactive but not quite as interactive as like you know siri having to immediately say something back to you uh and it also lets like real humans dive into the middle. So like you can ask, you know, if you're, you know, asking Amazon questions or something about a product, like if it can detect what you're at, what you're asking with like a good certainty, it can just pretend to be a person, send you the right messages back and be done. And then if it can't figure that out, it can like send you to a real person and that real person can just sneak in and start chatting back with you. And I thought that was always sort of cool. (laughs) I think it is too. The problem with those things. So our, I think a lot of companies call them your virtual assistant or, and things like that, terms like that. The problem is it has, seems to have a very limited vocabulary. And you know the you, you, rec- you see the machine learning running in the background, right? You can see how it's learning from various things. So if you ask it a question, so it'll give you questions you can ask. Um, what time is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. What time is it five minutes from now? It doesn't know what to do with that question. So it says, um, I'm afraid I didn't understand. We ask, we state your question, and you go through that. And let me tell you, I, my favorite one is to do this on on Ancestry, right? So Ancestry has a virtual assistant, and so I'll ask Aunt, this little virtual assistant a question, and it'll give me a, a bunch of answers, and then it'll say, "So, 
when it looks at my profile and, and all of my stuff, you know, and I ask it a question, this is not in your tree, but that's not what I asked you, but that's not in your tree. And so you go through that yeah. for a while. And after a while you'll say, okay, I'm, I'm done chasing the squirrel with you and say, you know, I want to speak to an assistant. So a representative. So when you ask it for a representative, it then says, um, which of these topics would you like to discuss with your representative? None of these. And then you get back <laughs> into that loop again where it becomes a virtual assistant trying to help you solve. That's what I think should go away. Either that or we should figure out how to increase the machine learning in these things to have a full breadth of words and conversations that people can have and to be able to understand complete sentences with commas, exclamation parts, questions, and all that. What's mm -hmm. really interesting about IBM Watson is it really does do that. I mean, it really is there. It is no different than talking to a human being. It is so incredibly smart and it even learns. So if you throw in like, so I have an accent, a Southern accent, a Guller, mm -hmm. low country accent. So after every once in a while, there's a word, I'm going to tell you a word. I want you to listen to me. So some days when I'm okay and I'm paying attention, I say the word coach. But there are other days when I'm just running off, you know, my, 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 my bilingual self with my family and friends, I say coach. So the emphasis becomes on the O and it, it changes what the word sounds like. So coach, it doesn't sound like coach. It's a coach. So Interesting. What, what word did I say? And so uh, with Watson, he gets that it's coach, no matter how I say it, you know, no matter how I say the word, he knows it's coach. Yeah, but, but when you have people, specifically people with very strong dialects in their speaking, is what these bots will do with that when they don't understand it. Because if they don't develop the bot to understand dialects and, and variations in the way people speak, mm -hmm. you'll create frustrations for your customers and and in some cases, turn your customers off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. I know, like, growing up, like, the, where I lived anyway, like, the word, so there was, like, no differentiation between a pen and a pen. Like, pens, like, P-I-N is how you pronounce everything. You write yeah. with a pen, you put a pen in your hair, like, yeah. all of that. And it wasn't until, like, you know, I left my hometown where people were like, you mean a pen? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I said, a pen. It's like, <laughs> of course. And, like, crown and crayon, like, it's all sort of the same word. It uh, is not. That's dialect. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about like uh, five minutes from now, that reminded me of, I was doing, uh, I was writing a program. One of the like sort of core things in programming that you can do is like add times together. So if you want, you know, say five minutes from now, you say, now is this variable, add five minutes. And it all seems like pretty simple and straightforward. And I was doing something with one of the newer languages and I was like, I don't want to add a day or a month. I don't want to add a day. I want to add a month, right? I want to add like, what is one month from now? And the language didn't have the concept of a month. And I was like, why doesn't the language have a concept of a month? And then when I started doing research, it was like, oh, well, what is a month, right? right. Is a month 30 days? Is it 31 days? Is it 28 days? Like, who knows what a month is? How is a, how is a computer supposed to do that? Yeah. 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 And same for years, right? Like, you know, it's mostly 365 days, except for that, you know. <laughs> 366 year. Yeah, days. yeah. But and which one remember, do you want to add? Do you remember uh, 2000, I mean, uh, 2000, the year y, Y2K? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was an interesting look at what technology, how people saw technology, because 
when we created technology, I don't think we thought of it with the thought of a date, right? Yes. So, you know, dates like end dates, years changing from one one century to another or one decade to another. I don't think we thought about it really deeply. Yeah. Um, and so your, your math problem in computing has always existed. Uh, I remember when I was very young, I, I programmed in COBOL. And that was one of the greatest things that we had to overcome. Because I don't know if programming still does this. But if it ran into something that did not return a value it expected, it would abort the program. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so if you told it that on July 1st, 2005 and it did not know what that was because we hadn't ever coded anything like that we hadn't gotten there we're still in the 70s the 80s and parts of the 90s it was just a and you were sitting there scratching why is this aborting you know what's happening to this program why is it not work because you know the code is working you can do code check you can run the code do a tester what and oh yeah so you know so so that's you know when and when we when we think about going forward how do we factor into and factor in things that we don't normally consider. Like how many of us are thinking about the year 3000? Very few of us, right? But when you're developing these technologies and if they exist for that long, what do they do when they encounter that date? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was a big piece of software we used that had an issue like that where it was, uh, and I'm sort of amazed that they found it, but they were like, oh, we found out like, you know, as soon as the clock hits this weird day, you know, our variables don't go over that integer like you know buffer or whatever and everything's just going to start crashing so like after you know random march 30 you know march 30th 2022 everything better be patched or else like the software just won't function because it can't handle a date that large (laughs) absolutely or you know if you were looking at a person so one of the things i was reading about was uh financial aid uh the federal government's financial aid program so if you're born on a leap year, according to most systems, you don't have a birthday that next year. So let's just say your birthday is November 4th, 19, something that was a leap year. And then your birthday comes around for the next year. And that extra day is not there. So what does it do? You don't have a birthday. Well, the date is there. So there's November 4th, but that you are 366 or 364 or 365 days old. So how does it calculate your age based on what, what, what the, the program tells it to look for, right? So yeah. if you, know, you are 300, so in case you, you are 364 days old uh, on your next birthday, the, cal- the, the, cal- the computer is not calculating for that extra day because you're telling it very specific information about the birth date and that's a date that doesn't exist. So yeah. uh, February 29th, 2016. Yeah. There's no such date as that next year. So February 29th, 2017 does not exist. Yeah. But that's your birthday. Right? <laughs> the best best you can hope for is your birthday. The whole thing yeah. is so confusing. And it like really is. Uh, they even do leap seconds now, which has confused me a lot. And I'm not totally sure of why they do those leap seconds. I guess it's to like keep, maybe it's to keep track of, I think the earth is like slowing, the rotations are like slowing down like a microsecond every year or something. So they do that. And I was reading about how like, and so having to repeat a second in computer land is like bad or having to skip a second in computer land is bad. Like you don't want to go from second, you know, 
you don't want a 61st second of ever, of a minute. Like that would just be awful. So apparently what Google did was instead of having, you know, that additional second, they found, they like did the math to break a second up over like three years and just make, just add a little bit uh, of time to each second so that when it was time for that leap second, it finally <laughs> rolled over into a real next second and not that like magical 61st second. But it's all so, uh, there's some like crazy smart people out there. <laughs> You're one of them. You know, I, 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 that's, and I am too. That's why I'm always asking Google. Am I, I mean, Siri, am I the smartest person in the world? Absolutely. But, 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 I, but I think that one of the interesting things about technology, so, and we're supposed to be talking about fun technology. So let's do facial recognition. Let's, mm -hmm. let's move away from time because time we'd be talking about this ad nauseum. But let's look about <laughs> facial recognition. Yep. So what do I look like today? I, my hair is braided. I haven't combed it since yesterday or something. I don't remember when it was. And then the way I look day before yesterday. So the, sometimes I have my straight, sometimes I hear my afro, sometimes I have my hair braided up. So when I do the facial recognition sometimes, specifically for my banks, it spins. Really? <laughs> so what I do is I put on a hat or a scarf so I can't see my hair. Really? Because I'm assuming it's making an, a connection to all of me, not just my, 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 my eyes, my nose, and my mouth. You know, I mean, so what I remember, originally remembered, it was just a triangle of your face, right? So this part right here, just a triangle. It did not yeah. do the whole face. Yeah. Um, but but it kind of finds these things. So, okay, what does this person look like? Because they don't look like this on that scan that they did. And you, if you remember the scan, the scan goes round, backwards, sideways, forward, and all that stuff. But it's really, as I understand, in catching the position of your eyes. Yeah. knows the density of all of that and then coming up with yes that's you well if somehow another your hair covers your face or you know whatever it doesn't always ma manage to link those two things together where do you think that's going with the versatility of people and their facial structure i.e you're getting older you may lose your hair you know, you know, you may be in an accident and have your face readjusted mm -hmm. or you may get fat like I am and your face is so <laughs> fat. I mean, where do you think it's going with that? Uh, that's a great question. I think one, I mean, I think the, probably the spot that it's going that I would guess would be like the retinal scans. Like, I don't know that, I don't think phones can really do retinal scans at this point, right? Like right. eyeballs are too small and the, right. the cameras just aren't good enough, but it can pick up facial structure which is, I think, what most stuff does. And like, if you're like me, who's like totally bald, I usually do not have a beard. I have been amazed at how like face, how the facial thing like gets me every time. Like for a long time, I was like, I'm never gonna do that facial recognition. It's gonna be like it's never gonna work. I'll just put in my password. And when I eventually turned it on, I was like, oh, it gets me like every time. Even uh, when you have on a hat, or when you oh, do yeah. not have on a beard. Wow. Yeah. If I really must be going through that little structure right there, must not catch your entire face. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I haven't shaved and I've got my, like, you know, uh, I'll call it my lazy beard where I just haven't shaved in so long. It's I've got like a mustache and everything and picks that up. It picks up if I'm wearing a giant floppy hat. And we probably talked about this before too, but one reason for that may be that, you know, all of these algorithms are written and trained by like white dudes. Right. So like it is very targeted toward, and you know, I don't think they're doing it in a mean way. It's just what they know. talked about. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. That's like, you know, who they're sampling. That's who's programming. That's who's testing them all the time. And it's like, oh, well, that like really works well for, you know, middle-aged white dudes. Yeah, but you do remember that when Google first attempted theirs, you know, when they encountered people that look like me, they put up a picture of a gorilla. I think, you know, everybody learns, you know, structurally our faces are almost all exactly the same. Our eyes are in the same place, our nose are in the same place, and our mouth is in the same mm-hmm. place. Question is the distance between your eyes, distance in your nose, the flaring of your nose one way or the other, and then the curvature of your mouth. Like if you were to turn to the side and tell it to look at you, it wouldn't know what it was looking at because you couldn't make out that ear or whatever it is. And then, uh, you know, so I think that these technologies really have a ways to go to get it down correctly. But, you know, like one of the interesting things, are you familiar with Shazam? It's a thing you can Shazam a song. Yeah. I have been asking for a long time to get Shazam for images, right? So if you see a a car and you want to know what year car that is, or if you see a a artist painting and you want to know what that is, is there a way to just, to me, that's where the next level of evolution in biometrics is, is to be able to see anything and make, make sense of it. Mm -hmm. Then further to that, you remember the thing that happened in Washington, D.C., um, uh, earlier in the year, it's really interesting to see how the camera tr- cameras captured all of those images, and then they, they've been able to find them. Because yeah. in many cases, those people did not look like like with one of the guys. They just had a, a they just sent us him uh, a day or two ago, and when you see the image of him on the Capitol grounds and the person that they have, you know, he doesn't doesn't have all that gear on. They don't look exactly the same. Yeah, but that that is coming to a point where they're able to narrow it to very specific people. When will they get to the point where you can do that to very specific images and dogs and cats and all kinds of other things? Oh yeah. And I mean, I think that's going to be a big part of advertising as well. So it's probably coming soon because that's something that like can make companies direct money. Like, Oh, what is this car? Well, we definitely want you to know what kind of car that is because we want that car company to pay us for an advertisement. So. Right. right. Absolutely. And and there's so many things about technology out there that, you know, we, 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 we talked about the fun things, but we also need to talk about there are parts of these things that are not so necessarily fun. Like anything in life, if you're a billionaire, if you're a poor person, there are pro, pros and cons of either one of them, right? So with technology, it's exactly the same way. Technology, the specifically the convenience technologies are great. You know, navigation, internet of things, you know, all of these things are great. But they come with concerns also. And if we aren't talking about both sides of it, we're not doing a very good job to our society. Because while, you know, there are people who have hurt themselves with navigation systems, there's people who've had themselves hurt by Internet of Things. They've had their data stolen. They've had their houses robbed. You know, all of these things are out there. So they have the pluses and minuses. But what we hope happens is, is that as we get smarter as a society, we understand technology, we understand how to use technology, we are using it for good and understanding what the risks are and making sure our consumers are aware of both. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Eminent Technology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe, and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.